Larissa, what I love about your story is loyalty and commitment, which I want to start there before we even get into what the brand is. I like understanding the personal journey. And so you fall, you fall into franchising and then you stick in it for a very long time. Tell me, tell me your franchise story, how, how you want to position it. Sure. Absolutely. Well, one, thanks again for having me. Um, I, yes, I fell into franchising in 2009, um, after being on the advertising agency side, which I did service franchise clients too. So it wasn't my first rodeo, but yes, definitely in the marketing world on the advertising versus the client side, it, it's quite a bit different, but, um, came to Zbart in 2009 and haven't left since and have embraced franchising for what it is and um just found so much excitement and love on so many different levels for what it means um for future entrepreneurs so and i looked at all the different roles that you've occupied and learned from but now it's vp of marketing are you still dialed into franchise development does that still fall under your purview yeah, my role and the reason that I just absolutely love it so much is that, you know, a lot of um, marketing leads at franchise brands um, first started off right focusing on those customers who drive the brand forward, whether they have retail locations, service centers, no brick and mortar. Um, they were really focused on helping growth across the brand with building new customers and helping to retain. But my role is so special at ZBART because I really focus a little bit at a higher level. That's certainly a part of my role, but my role is special because I also focus on our franchise development um, marketing as well. So dialed into who those people are who are really interested in that investment, but also talking about once they do become a part of the ZBART team, you know, how, where, what does their journey look like? And what is what are the things that really matter to them at each step of that journey? And also, which I know many of my friends in franchise marketing are a part of now too, is really dialing into um, our, our team members here at our world headquarters. And people use the term employment branding. It sounds very like medical to me almost. It's not really like what it is but it's really about also understanding their journey too and what makes them tick and how does that connect to our culture and where's their opportunity essentially for creating further opportunities of engagement. And while we all know that our franchise owners and their um, team members are not employees of our franchise brand, we can give them tools and share stories that we utilize here as well too, to help build, maintain, sustain and optimize culture. Love it. So typically, uh, oil and water is what development and marketing behave like. And then this is a majority of brands that marketing's like you stay in your lane, franchise development and franchise development's like, hey, marketing, do you want to help? And marketing's like, no, I don't want to help. That's typically how it goes. So because you're able to see a holistic viewpoint on how do we recruit a team that is going to support our franchise owners when our how do we go achieve franchise growth and then when we onboard our franchisee how are we going to market the business opportunity or give them the tools to market the the business opportunity you're seeing the life cycle across all areas 
as you've grown up in this role, was there any relationship building that you had to mend because of that typical uh, behavior culturally uh, between franchise development and franchise marketing? I think so. And I will say that um, the way that I've always approached if there's a relationship that needs to be mended, whether it's with franchise development, whether it's um, a franchise owner specifically, even with our um, customers and drivers from that standpoint, it's first understanding where the problem occurred and why that happened. And it oftentimes lends back to data first and foremost without you know, getting into the emotional weeds, which oftentimes create the problems as well, but by that opportunity of always leading with logic. So yes, that has happened, but one of the um, ideas and recommendations that I always give people is look at the problem and first understand why is it a problem for someone? What are they trying to achieve? But then lead with logic too, to be able to mend that relationship. And so specifically when you asked me about franchise development, franchise development marketing only came underneath me in the last two or three years. So it's fairly new compared to the 14 years that I've been here um, serving primarily um, from a brand and retail marketing standpoint. So yes, but by looking and understanding and showing results and showing why opportunities for optimization and change could happen, not only from a franchise development marketing standpoint, but then down the sales journey and beyond. Um, we didn't have bad relationships to begin with, but it set us and put us on the right stage for growth together. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I mean, when we, we started profiling franchisees, in a, in a different way. I, when we do PR for them, we're already talking to them to learn their story. And so we started asking them about their journey. And so when we started breaking down, what is your journey to go from some sort of impression? It could be, I saw you saw an advertisement. I saw, I saw your unit. I was a customer, whatever it was from that impression to when they fill out a form on the website, how much time does it take? And it's they're They're saying 6.4 months. And so because of that journey, I would imagine when you're looking at data on the marketing side and your franchisee X says, hey, we want to drive sales. And you're like, OK, we're going to buy these ad campaigns. We're going to track them for the next you know, 30, 45 days. And then we're going to be able to see traffic increasing and then deals or customer uh, acquisition increasing. And so because you have that data mindset, has that brought a more realistic approach to franchise development. I mean, and, and last thing I'll say on that is, you know, majority of uh, majority of franchise brands, if we get on a call, we're like six point four months. We're like, yeah, where where are my leads? It's like, okay, we got to look back six months to see what your activities were to predict it. But having that that holistic mindset does it change your uh, your the outcomes that you're expecting on franchise development? Yes, um, definitely. So we, you know, typically people are, and this is just for our brand, but it is, I think, relevant for a variety. If you feel like, you know, you come into that role, because it, it, it is happening. I mean, that's been the conversation for the last year, two, three years, is that people are understanding leadership and in, in franchise brands that, wow, the marketer really does understand that, like you said, holistic data role 
and what happens at each step to be able to optimize to whether it's increased from impressions to website visitors where somebody's researching to then optimizing those pages and content to then create more leads, you can really take that theory and approach and apply it to anything. It doesn't really matter what the widget is. That's what marketing is all about. And so when we look at that and understand that, we take it even a step further where we're looking at um, micro analytics as opposed to just macro sometimes of the micro of, okay, you got these leads from X, Y, and Z opportunities, but are they fruitful? Are they real leads? Are they producing any type of conversation? It doesn't matter what it is at this point. And that was not being measured. And so when we took a step back and really dialed into, yes, there is communication that has happened and not just over the course of 30 days, but we looked at, you know, an acceptable time range. Um, yeah, we made some cuts pretty quickly because things were just not, they were not high profile. They were not worthy leads um, to our brand. And so, yeah, I, you know, understanding that, that we've got, done that already on the retail and the brand side um, has made our investments much more fruitful. Yeah, I love that. I mean, ultimately, if I think of our own business, if I had to sift through a hundred brands that reached out and said, hey, we want to learn about your services, and I'm like, hey, can we do a call? No, no, no reaction. Uh, and then, so all this energy goes, and then it takes a hundred to get one client into our business. Uh, I would probably be able, I would have the time to get one client a year. And so when you cross apply that over to franchising, it, what I would love, it will, it will, it will never happen because franchising, uh, especially looking for candidates, is uh, built around leads. Um, but I would love for the industry to change into applications. And if we were to hyper-focus on who's really qualified and ready to buy, who hits the mark, and who can we hold accountable in a sales process to actually go from inquiry to uh, actual franchise owner, then, you know, that, that shortens time. It makes things more efficient uh, and probably gives us more real data on what, it, what does our pipeline actually look like. Totally agree. Look forward to that day. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, okay. So when it comes to winning for the brand, what does winning look like when it comes to franchise development? Who is this persona or avatar that you're going after as a, as a buyer? We have between two and three at any given time, but they all primarily look the same. Um, we are a mostly male dominated field, although in the automotive aftermarket, there's been many steps taken to um, show the opportunities for women. Um, and there's major growth happening, specifically um, the Auto Care Association is kind of that overarching platform, just like the IFA is for franchising, they are for aftermarket. And so there's big pushes there to focus and dial into the opportunity for women. But right now, our primary focus um, is a male dominated owner, automotive enthusiasts, whether they wrench on cars or they don't, and they just like to look at cars, there has to be some affinity to automotive there um, for sure. And then we see right now, which is really interesting, three type of subcategories within that. And there's a primary age group too, but the, the three types of people that we're really looking at, one, we're seeing a lot of, because we are in Detroit, the Motor City, we're starting to see a lot of buyouts happening where people are leaving 
um, the big three from an automotive manufacturer standpoint, and they're ready to just have their own business um, and be in business for themselves. So we're seeing a lot of that happening. We're also seeing a lot of people in finance who are becoming very interested if they have an automotive background um, in our brand as well, too. They see where the investment could go and what it could do for them. Um, so we see a lot of people there, too. And also, which is um, very connected to our brand and our values, one strong value we have is legacy, which comes from next year will be our 65th anniversary, um, is that we're seeing a lot of father-son as well, too. I mean, quite a bit of father-son um, opportunities, whether a father is purchasing the business and investment for his son and ultimately working with him for a time period and then passing that along to within our system, our average owner has been with us for 26 years. And right now we're in a major change and shift over of passing that legacy down to. So there's all those types of people that are coming in. A subset really quick is we do have a very strong military um, following as well. And we do waive our franchise fee um, for anyone who was active service. Oh, I love that. That's great. Has the broker, franchise broker community changed lead generation for you guys in that they really want, they want the same candidate and they want to lead that candidate to a brand that they're going to get the highest commissions from. But has that changed the landscape for you at all? We don't work with brokers at this time period. So no. And even just the landscape in general, it has not changed it for us. Yeah. And I mean it more so them being a competitor of yours, meaning they want to find your candidates before they get to you and say, don't, don't talk to them. Let us show you the inventory. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't say we've seen a change with that quite yet, but that's definitely um, a topic of conversation. Is lead generation or franchise growth a challenge for you or is it, does it go smoothly based on, you know, you looking at all these different components of the business? I think we're pretty much in the same boat as anybody else right now where, you know, as we constantly are learning more about what's happening in our economy, inflation is at the top of the news off and on. Um, obviously, we all went through COVID too. COVID didn't really affect us from a franchise development standpoint. It's more so economical conditions, um, as well as financing and changes where that is concerned as well too. So, you know, I would say as the conversations get bigger around that and SBA changes happen as well too, um, that certainly does affect us. But we're right at the forefront of watching those things and pivoting where we need to. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, if you if you back out 14 years, you're into the start of middle of the worst economic conditions of your or my uh, professional careers. And so you've personally been able to see those storms. I, I think it's under when you know what the turbulence feels like, it's not as as scary. And so what you're saying is like, look, we got we got to be aware of this, but we know we, our brand's been along for a long time. We know that there's a start and a, a middle and an end to any crisis that we face. This brand has seen several dips and declines, um, but we continue to innovate. And that's something that another value of our brand that we hold our hat on true um, and drive from there. So if there's someone on the outside, someone, a ghost candidate looking at the brand right now, and they're like, okay, I've come to the website. I haven't filled out the form. And they happen to watch this video of you and I talking. 
what do you want them to know about the business? What is what is the why you why now? I think the why us right now is that there's so much opportunity from an automotive standpoint. Um, aftermarket has continued to project way over 500 billion in the United States um, into 2024, and we are a part of that. So as vehicles continue to change, we continue to innovate with them. We offer great profit opportunity. We have multiple channels of trade. Um, and what's really interesting in automotive is that the average vehicle age right now is over 12 years old. So people may be passing that vehicle on. They may only own that vehicle on average for about six years, maybe a little bit more now. But because vehicles continue to grow in age, that means that the service repair and maintenance vehicle, that opportunity in aftermarket only continues to grow too. And so we give investors such a great opportunity to be part of something that has only continued to increase. Yeah, I love it. Um, from from where I stand as an outsider, when, when I look at the brand and see opportunity one, I'm just going to scroll down to this. I've, I think this is a this is a big deal. I mean, this puts you first in class of saying we support our, our military in, in a bigger way than I would say majority of brands. And a lot of brands are, are reluctant to mess around with giving away the franchise fee uh, because they need it for the broker communities that they're in. And because you don't work with the brokers, you're saying, OK, let's find another way to use this. What I would love to see in, in this in this section is I see the life of a owner right below it. Show me all your veterans that have, have come into the system because I would yeah, imagine that's, that's, that's a, a yeah. We have so many too. So not only on our leadership team, but within our franchise owner um, family too. So that's a great yeah, idea. I would lift that up. The other thing for what it's worth and in, in these profiling of the of the franchisees, we say before you got even filled out the form, did you understand what franchising was? And they don't. They have no clue what it means. And so I can look at EBITDA and say, that is an awesome number. But to someone that doesn't understand franchising, they might they might even not see that the way that I see it. I see it and say a pizza brand is typically between 10 and 12%. And yours is now 3x that. And a pizza brand's total investment is usually a little bit higher than yours, maybe closer to the six or $700,000. And so you're going to spend more to get into pizza. Not, not that you've pizza or automotive, but just in, in a simple comparison, we, we tend as, as franchise buyers, we tend to look at gross revenue, which that's not the to whole, whole story. It's actually what's going to fall to your bottom line. And so I can see that say, that's pretty good. But I also see your royalties aren't going to be the smallest in the industry, yet you're still holding on to the 36. So when I look at this section for what it's worth, not that you asked for my opinion on this, no, I but I see, I see an opportunity to say, what is franchising? And you create your own storytelling there so that they can download what this actually means. And it could be just the simplistic definitions of how do you actually read an FDD? How, how, what kind of questions should you be asking during due diligence? What should you be looking around uh, the web for? How does franchising work? How long does agreement work? Because if you come out there and tell that, because I would imagine majority of franchisees that enter, enter the brand especially those that are one unit or two unit don't have a wealth of experience in this. You've crossed off one of, one of the scariest things is it's, it's still the, it's the unknown. I don't know what franchising really is, you know? 
Totally hit the nail on the head. That's definitely, as we talk about, we just went through, it's a lot of time, but we spent year review meetings over this in course of this entire week. And that was really something when we focused on content generation and, you know, working, like you said, with sales to understand where are the roadblocks, where, what are people not understanding so that we can continue to help move the conversation forward. That was one of them as it wasn't just about our brands, pretty self-explanatory. We have an opportunity definitely to grow awareness of what it means and why it's important to people. We always will. But in terms of franchising, like you said, because typically um, we we're starting to grow quite a bit with multi-unit growth, um, interest and investment. But primarily right now, we are looking at single unit operators who eventually open a second. Like you said, this may be their first experience with franchising and they just don't understand all of those things. So right on the same page. I love, I love it. So just so that anybody that's, that's closing this out uh, is looking at the business, total units open, total in development? Um, right now in the United States, we have about 100 open. We are in 37 countries with over 400 locations. Yeah. Um, so in development right now, I think on average, we're at about five to seven. That's great. I love it. Well, look, I, I love hearing your story. I love the fact that I, and, and if I'm if I'm a buyer and I have the opportunity to talk to you in the sales process, you've looked at so many different elements of this business and you've continued to stay. Uh, I think that that ends up being part of the why you now when you start looking at who's the team that's actually going to support me when I get into business. I want to see stickiness uh, in the business and you, you clearly check mark that. Uh, so I, I love that. And I, lo I love some of the, the nuggets that are hidden behind here that if someone understand, if someone can have a tour of this with a clear understanding of what franchising is, you can clearly see what the, what the true business opportunity is. And it's something that is super respectful. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing some of your story with us. And hopefully who, whoever sees this around, around the web can get a little bit more sense into who the brand is and what you're trying to accomplish. I love it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks, Okay, see ya.